How's it going, everybody? This is Andy McAuliffe from The Athletic here with Pedro Mora. Also from The Athletic, you are listening to The Scribes of Summer, a show about the Los Angeles Dodgers. Pedro, how's it going, man? What is up, Andy? I'm doing fine, man. Ready for uh, more baseball, you know? What about you? I think your theory of the Dodgers uh, has proved eerily prescient that they aren't going to lose a game all postseason. Everyone's just going to be miserable the entire time. Yeah, well, they're going to lose a game in this series. But I think (laughs) the point is that, yeah... enjoy it i mean if you can't enjoy this team dominating people why are you why are you cheering for the team at all come on guys it's supposed to be fun you know they're good you i think have a pretty good understanding of what the dodgers are trying to do and you also i think correctly like in your coverage afford them the benefit of the doubt and because like andrew friedman has kind of proved that he's very very good at this so what was it like sort of watching everyone lose their mind in the first couple of innings of game three against the Padres as it became clear the Dodgers were running some sort of bullpen game type thing. Yeah, it's just, you try to think along with them, right? I guess my prevailing thing, and maybe this is, you know, maybe I do too much of it. I probably do, but I I think that the way that I've covered the Dodgers and learned how they operate, I've learned to, you know, first think of how they probably know more about this than I do and about how anyone online does and how generally their strategy seems to work, you know, in three quarters of the time, something like that. And so I'm looking for at first, whether it's that three quarters of a time. So for something to be for me, worthy of criticism has to surpass that threshold, which, you know, has happened. Like the Joe Kelly thing, I would say, in, in 2019 is a, is a prime example of said events. But um, in general, I'm just like, okay, well, it doesn't it, – Why I wouldn't do that, but why would they – and you're like, okay, you know, it seems fine. And if the player doesn't doesn't mind which way, which time he's coming into the game, what's the big deal? I don't know. I think there is some element of of surprise that is valuable to the opposing team that is valuable for the Dodgers to have to spring on the, the Padres. And if they think they're not losing much by bringing a starter in in the third inning, you know, and if he if he feels in no way uncomfortable, then I'm just okay with it. You know, it's you move on from it and just kind of realize that it's not that big of an impact on the game. That it still matters. What still matters is whether that pitcher, the bulk guy, pitches well or not. It's the same thing as if he's starting. And so you try to almost ignore it once you realize that. You know, once you place it in its proper context, you're just like, oh, okay. It still matters what, what Urias pitch is like. And it's not really about the fact that Kolarik had his first real bad outing of the season in, in this setting. And wasn't even that bad. No. I mean, wasn't no. like giving up missiles. He just, you know, like wasn't getting strikeouts. And, and uh, the ground ball placement was, you know, not great for the Dodgers. Yeah. And it was two runs and, you know, you move on. It's 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 whatever. It was amusing. You and I were texting in it, and we were just kind of like, "Oh, the Dodgers are going to win this game by five runs." <laughs> like it became very clear the Padres just did not have the arms to shut them down, and and so then you all of a sudden you look up in the seventh inning and Julio Urias is pitching, and it's like, well, maybe this wasn't the worst idea I've ever heard. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I still think it'd probably have been just as okay to you know. I think they would have won the game if Urias started it. <laughs> it's whatever. I mean, uh, okay, sure, do what you want. To be clear, like I would just start the guy. Like I would just start Tony Gonsolin, but whatever. I mean, they seem to have a clue of what they're doing. All right, let's talk about the NLCS. This is going to be a fun one. Two very talented teams. The Braves, I think, can say pretty clearly, you know, they were either the second or third best team, depending on how you feel about the Padres in the National League. But they're a good club. This is not the Milwaukee Brewers. They have a very legitimate chance to knock off the Dodgers. What can you tell us what Dodgers fans should be worried about when it comes to the Atlanta Braves? 
This is an interesting playoff opponent because this is a team that has some of the offensive depth of the Dodgers. Not quite. You know, their eighth and ninth hitters are generally more flawed hitters than the Dodgers, right? They're guys who weren't very good, but they have generally a pretty competent lineup and they have two dudes who have crushed it this year more than the, any Dodgers have. You know, you think Mookie Betts has had a good season. You think Corey Seager's had a good season. Take a look at Marcelo Zuna's numbers. Take a look at Freddie Freeman. <laughs> right? These yeah. guys are these guys are 100 plus points, probably almost 200 points better in OPS than any Dodgers, right? Freddie Freeman has had a crazy good yeah, season. <laughs> Fred Freeman's been banging that ball around. Let me tell yeah, you. this guy's a, and there's no real reason. I mean, no, he's probably not a 462 on base guy, uh, true talent, but he's a very good player, right? Like this is not as outlandish as you might think. He's really good, and so you're you're traversing two of the sport's best hitters in the middle of that lineup. That's tough. I think that's really tough. You know, there's probably going to be a game in this series that those two just win it for the Braves. But still, just like with the last two series and just like with basically every opponent the Dodgers had during the regular season, they have a distinct advantage in depth because when games four and five come around, the Braves are going to be starting guys that, Andy, you have literally never heard of. I bet you I have. Bryce Wilson? Damn it. Okay. Yeah, that's one. Okay. He started like, he has like 40 innings in the big leagues and not good ones. Okay. Who else? And I think the projected game five starter is Huascar Yanoa. Oh man. It's not, it's not Tukey or Robbie Erlin. <laughs> I don't think those guys are on the Braves, man. Probably not. Okay. Bryce Wilson has a 1.8 career whip in 42 innings and he's their projected game four starter. You compare that to to um, Dustin May <laughs> or Tony Gonsolin, right? And that's a significant advantage. But in game one, you know, I think Max Fried was a dominant pitcher and actually pitched this season, unlike Walker Buehler, who is, you know, hasn't thrown six innings in a long time. You know, that's a Braves advantage right there. But it's just when you get to games four and five, particularly, the Dodgers have a, have a deep, deep advantage. Freed's going to be interesting because he's he's the sort of guy who gives them trouble. He's a he's a left-hander. He's going to be in the zone. He's going to be challenging them, you know, kind of sort of trying to prey on their aggression. They obviously are a very very aggressive team and they have a ton of left-handed power, so it's going to be on the Dodgers to kind of I mean like in basically all of these games, you know, facing Ian Anderson, Kyle Wright, whomever, it's going to be on the Dodgers to kind of get them out by the 5th or the 6th because Atlanta has a decent bullpen. You know, they have some guys who can pitch, um, but they don't have a huge amount of depth there. And so you want to just get repeated looks at those guys, and, and that would be to the Dodgers' benefit. If they keep hitting like they did in the last round, they are going to be fine. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. That's the story of of the last round. Is that the, the offense showed up? Yeah, which which is a thing that they have historically not really done in October. And you know the Padres relief arms. Yes, they threw out some some guys there we haven't heard of, but they're they're they were of a different caliber. They're pretty good, right? And so this wasn't just sort of beating up on a bad club. This was taking advantage of the team that was beleaguered but also talented. And so this is probably it's yeah it's it's a direct comp for what they need to do against the Braves who have a good bullpen but they have a bullpen similar to the Dodgers where they got great results this year but they don't have a, a relief ace like they don't have a guy who's their best guy I mean 
Melanson, Chris Martin, you know America's pitcher Darren O'Day. Darren O'Day had a good year, yeah. but they don't have Darren O'Day. They don't have Darren the guy. Have yeah, year. they don't have the. Uh, yeah. They don't have the hater. They don't have the Devin Williams. But neither do the right. Others. Right. The thing is, is like in one individual game they can match it up, but across seven and seven days, it's it's, it's a tough ask. It's just I think it's games four and five that the Dodger, the Dodgers win those two, and then it, then it gets to it gets to seven. But I see this going at the least six or seven. But I also said I saw the Padres series going at least five, going four or five, and it did not. I would say probably Dodgers in six. That's my that's my kind of read. And I mean we'll see. I you know I don't know. Like I'm curious to see what Walker Bueller's going to have tonight. I'm I'm curious to see how Clayton Kershaw will look in game two. I have at this point I've given up trying to figure out how they're going to deploy their pitchers in three and four. Uh, so, like, who knows? But, you know, what is going to be very interesting with the Dodgers is how they use their relievers um, because seven games in seven days, you can't use Blake Trine in three days in a row in this setup. I don't think you can. And he seems to be the number one guy in Dave Roberts' circle of trust. And so it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge, I think, for the Dodgers to, like, navigate those last three innings uh, without days off. I think one way they'll be able to tackle that is if they, you know, it's it's going to make games one and two maybe a little less pretty, but I think the way to do it is to is to reserve the the three starters, Dustin May, Tony Gonson, and Julio Urias for those for their starts. They went with the benefit of having May available out of the bullpen in the earlier parts, and they'll probably still leave them there in the pen. I just don't see how you get through four and five if you don't have if you don't have starters built up or if you don't have guys ready to throw four or five innings because may you know in game three was not ready to to throw that many innings and then so let's 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 play it out from there right so may was a you know a decoy in in game three and then tony gonson was going to start game four he was going to start it fully i believe and then go you know as long as he could five or six and then but then you're going to go back to may in game five and he still wasn't going to be ready i don't think to throw six or seven innings so you were going to have to piece through everything well it seemed like the plan i mean like i don't know if anyone actually fell for the decoy aspect of I mean, maybe they did because they got choleric up against all those lefties they had a lot of lefties in there and they started a they started a left-handed hitting uh catcher i forget his name castro instead of nola correct now that just may have been a function of three you know three days or something i don't i don't know the lack of off days really does make for sort of a you know like a managerial puzzle that just puts stress you know on the dugout like it's not easy to plot out you know you can't have a push button sort of uh you know pitcher deployment strategy with this i was thinking about this does any part of you like think maybe like next year right that they should just keep the lack of off days for for the first round for the for the nlds yeah i wouldn't mind that at all I guess the problem is if you travel. Like it. I mean, when the Dodgers played yeah. last year in DC, that would have been a mess. I mean, remember that year we had to fly <laughs> yeah. back because the game was postponed because oh of rain. And 2016, man. Oh yeah, my, crazy. Oh my word. We took an Uber from the airport to to the ballpark. Just continued it. Yeah, that was that was an unpleasant day. Yeah. That was also like they literally announced like in the morning of the game who was starting. Or no, that might have that might have been game four. We were like going to the ballpark, and they were like, "Clayton Kershaw will start Game Four." I don't. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I I recall that. I, what I recall mostly about that is though, is that it did not rain that day in DC where they where they canceled the game. <laughs> I went to an outdoor concert instead of the game because the game was canceled. I think I watched a presidential debate. You made the better choice. <laughs> Dark times on the podcast. Dark times on the podcast. All right. Uh, look, this is gonna be a fun one. We're gonna be able to get uh, pretty in depth on some of the different sort of you know, sort of procedural moves and all the machinations later in the week when we've had some games. But let's keep it short and sweet. Pedro, what is your prediction for how this one's going to go? I've got the Dodgers in seven. 
Wow. Okay. I mean, yeah, whatever. I have, I have Dodgers in six. So, like, what's the difference? <laughs> what's the difference? Well, I think the difference is that I like uh, Kershaw's games particularly, and I think that they're gonna they're more likely to win games two and seven. I've got games two, four, five, uh, and seven as their most winnable. You've got the Braves winning game one. It is their maybe their one of their best chances. I mean, I think Max Fried is really good, and he's gonna go deep probably. So I like that game for them. It's going to be interesting because, I, like, obviously Freddie Freeman is a really good player, right? Like, obviously Ronald Acuna is a really good player. Uh, Marcelo Zuna's playing. You know, his numbers are over his head. I would say we're kind of gonna find out, like. You know, how much of this was sample size, how much of this was uh, playing against maybe some weaker competition in the East, if it was weaker, you know, like you're flying a little blinder than normal, I guess. I would agree with that. I think that, I mean, we're also going to, you know, be subject to more small sample size issues in this series, right? There very well could be a hitter. The star hitter of this series could be a guy we haven't mentioned yet on this podcast, right? And it's it could be like, I don't know, Austin Riley. Travis Darno. Yeah. I mean, Travis Darno has been good this year somehow. He's been very good. Yeah, Marcelo Suna has the history, right? He has had good seasons in the past. He Obviously, when you watch him, he is a powerful hitter. It's It would not surprise me if he hit three homers in this series, right? He has that ability. I don't know if he's strung it together consistently. He also had, you know, maybe the worst play against the Dodgers I've seen defensively in years. Remember that? In St. Louis? <laughs> was that the one where he jumped on the wall? <laughs> yeah, the wrong in the wrong place. Yeah. He was a notably mediocre player for St. Louis. He could hit, but yeah, he couldn't. I mean, it helps to have a DH, man. I mean, just even as a hitter, he was a 108 OPS plus guy as a, you know, no glove outfielder. I mean, he was a notably mediocre player. He's been very good this year, though. So it's like, okay, where does the, where does the rubber meet the road on that one? Are you operating with the theory that the East was weak? Because the Central was by far weaker. Well, the, no, the Central was very weak, yeah. That's, it was funny how all those teams from the Central made it, and then they were all out three days later. <laughs> they just weren't any good. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I don't know. I, who knows? I mean, like, it seems like the, the National League East kind of stunk. But then, like, you know, was the NL West any good? Eh, no, they had two good teams. I mean, the Giants were okay. Like, if, the, if you put the Giants in the National League East, I feel like they'd probably be in the playoffs. Whoa, that's an interesting thought. I kind of like that Giants team. I don't know. Like, I have I did I watch them play a lot? No, but like, I kind of like that team. I kind of like their construction. I think they're going to make the playoffs next year. Okay, they need to have pitchers though. They need to have guys pitching the, the middle games of series. I like their front office, as has been uh, well documented. I think the East might have been the best the best region though, Andy. Maybe we'll find out in this series. I, I, they had some good teams. Maybe not good. They had some. Comp- like, the Mets and Phillies both had talent and didn't make the playoffs. Those teams were not good at baseball. They have good players. They had better players than the, than the San Francisco Giants did. Yeah, but the Giants were, like, a better team. Whatever. Who can say? Who knows? We'll never I mean, know. I'm... No one will ever know the answer. You know what? No one will ever know, and people will stop caring in about two weeks. So who can say? If they ever did, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We will be back on Thursday as we will talk through the first few games in this series. Should be fun. Have a good one.